Hello, this is Sean Dixon, and I'm here with Brian Patterson and John Gonzalez. We are each returned mission presidents for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and this is the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast. We are here to help prepare you to become successful Preach My Gospel missionaries and lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. In each episode, we explore powerful concepts from every chapter in Preach My Gospel. We will talk to returned missionaries and others about their experiences and insights. You can even use this podcast to get institute credit. Let's get started. Welcome back. Uh, we Last time we were together, we, we talked about how to use the Book of Mormon by effectively reading it with other people, teaching them how to liken uh, the scriptures to themselves. Today, we'd like to pick up uh, in chapter five of Preach My Gospel and talk more about how someone can know that the Book of Mormon is true. I love what it says in the very beginning paragraph of chapter five of Preach My Gospel. Have confidence that the Holy Ghost will testify to anyone who reads and ponders the Book of Mormon and ask God if it is true with a sincere heart, real intent, and faith in Christ. This witness of the Holy Ghost should be a central focus of your teaching. I love that it says have confidence that the Holy Ghost will do his work if people will. Where does that confidence come from, Brian? From from them knowing themselves, having experienced right. that testimony. In On page 117, it says rely on the promise in Moroni 10 through through 5. Have confidence. Rely on that. And as a missionary, you can get discouraged, you know, as how people aren't reading. They're not, they're, they're praying. They're not getting answers. And, and there's got to be some other way. No, have confidence and rely on that. And then we just need to help them learn how to do this because they're not naturally going to know how to do it. Then that other paragraph right below what you just read for, for everyone, you too should apply this promise regularly to strengthen and renew your own testimony of the book so of Mormon. So important. If you, as you've received your own witness, it will be so much easier and more powerful to, to extend that promise to someone else. You know in Moroni worth what Moroni's promise was works because you've seen it in your own life. And, and look at that red box there on 117. The Book of Mormon is a powerful resource in conversion. Use it as your main source for teaching restored truth. So, John, you did a, a great job of modeling how to go and read the Book of Mormon with somebody. Brian, how about we do another role play and have you actually be the missionary or the, or the member. And John and I um, are will just play the role of somebody who you're taking through this experience with the Book of Mormon. Could you help us to know how we could go about coming to know for ourselves if the Book of Mormon is true? Absolutely. And I think it's such a, a great opportunity to help people discover this part of the Book of Mormon. Uh, in Moroni chapter 10, verses 3 and 5 is where we'll, we'll highlight this. But if, uh, you know, an approach, and if the model's bad, learn the principle, right? Uh, so Sean and John, we can come to know for ourselves that the Book of Mormon is true. Sean and John, I know the Book of Mormon is true, and I know it's the Word of God. Uh, but you can come to know as well. And there's some things that you can do that can really help you to come to know, like I know and my companion knows that it's true. Uh, there's, a, there's a wonderful promise in the last chapter of the Book of Mormon. 
It's uh, in Moroni chapter 10. It's on page 529 in the Book of Mormon. Can we open up to that? As we read this promise, there, there are certain invitations. There's things that, that the last prophet in the Book of Mormon is going to invite you to do to come to know that it's true, that this book is of God. And so let, let's start, and will you look for, as we read in verses 3 through 5, will you look for invitations, things you can do, things you can act upon, okay? Uh, maybe, John, we could start in verse 3. Sure. Behold, I would exhort you that when ye shall read these things, if it be wisdom in God that ye should read them, that ye would remember how merciful the Lord hath been unto the children of men from the creation of Adam even down until the time that ye shall receive these things and ponder it in your hearts. Let's maybe pause there. Sean and John, as we read, as John read that verse, what are some of the invitations this last prophet is inviting you to do with this book? First thing I see is, is saying that we should read it. Mm-hmm. And you shall read these things. It, it also is, I'm being asked, and, and the word is exhort, so I'm kind of being implored. And That's a strong and, word, isn't it? Yeah, it's not just think about this. It's saying, as I read this volume of Scripture, that I should remember how merciful God has been to me. It's so you're doing so well with that. So as as you read it, you need to take time to think, to remember, to to think of the Savior, think of your own life, right? As you do that, your heart will be turned to our Heavenly Father, to the Savior. And and the other invitation is for me to think about it, ponder it. Yeah, yeah. And this takes real work. This takes real effort. Sometimes as we read a book, we want to just hurry up and read to get to the next chapter. We can't do that with the Book of Mormon. We have to stop. We have to think, what am I learning? And specifically, what am I learning about the Savior, his mercy, his goodness, his kindness? And and I have to think about those things. So this is a very thoughtful approach to reading the Scriptures. Don't be in a rush to finish it, right? Take time to think and ponder. Um, have you ever, in your own scripture study, I know you love the Bible, how have you done that with the Bible, where you've taken time to really think and ponder and remember? Yeah, I think when I read the Bible, it's sometimes my, my experiences aren't, that aren't as good as when I'm just reading the story. And I'm trying to get the storyline down, and I just leave it at that. When it's good, when it's really powerful for my life, it's when I'm like thinking, okay, this is what Paul said to to these people in Corinth, but how am I letting the world affect my life? And what can I learn here from Paul and that I can actually put into myself to, to change? And, and I ponder and think about that. I always have a much better experience. That's so good, Sean. As we continue to invite you to read the Book of Mormon, will you take time to do that with this book as well? Yeah. That would be wonderful. How about you, John? Well, I'll have to be honest. As I've read the the Bible, some of it doesn't connect with me. I'm kind of struggling with it. But then other times I'm connecting because it's reminded me of what I heard 
from the pulpit in my own service uh, when I read uh, the Gospels in the New Testament. I've, I'm familiar with those stories, and, and I feel good. And I believe in Christ. Some of the, the Bible, it's been difficult for me to read, but some I feel familiar with it. That's wonderful, John. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and, and you won't understand everything you read in the Book of Mormon. You can certainly ask questions and, and write those down, but you won't understand everything. I don't understand everything from the Book of Mormon, but I do know it's true. And I know these words come from God, and, and, and I have to continue to, to read and remember and ponder as I read the Book of Mormon today. Now, that's part of it, but I want to come to know that it's true, so that's, that's part of the process. Uh, the prophet introduces an additional part of the process in verse 4. Who read last time? I can't remember. Was that you, John? Sean, would you read verse 4? And when you shall receive these things, I would exhort you that you would ask God the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true. And if you shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Sean and John, as we look back at that verse together, uh, what's an additional invitation in how we can come to know the Book of Mormon is true? Ask God. Like That sounds like prayer to me. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, go to the source. I love that. Thank you. I think that's an important step. When we ask God, uh, oftentimes in our prayers, we we express gratitude to God. But the prophet here is inviting us to ask him specifically questions. We can ask God if the Book of Mormon is true. I don't know if this is uh, makes a, a difference, but I just noticed here that I'm being asked to ask God not if this is true, hmm. but if these things are not true. Yeah. Well, any thoughts about that? As I read them, I should be asking God, could this be false? Is this not true? Is this not what you want me to know? You're, you're modeling what it takes to really think about what you're reading. You're doing what you're invited to do in verse 3, right? So as you do your homework, as you you study and and ponder and think about the message that you're reading in the Book of Mormon, if you'll do your homework according to verse 3, by the time you ask God if it's true, you'll have come to certain conclusions. And you can say things like, God... I'm feeling the Spirit as I read the Book of Mormon. I'm feeling that this is good. I've come to the conclusion that that this is godly. Is that not true? And also, not to approach it as this is false and tell me if it's true. As much as this is true, help me understand if, if I'm going amiss. Yeah. I, th- I think there's a difference in that approach. I agree. You're a great student. I think you're going to do well. <laughs> now, Sean, you mentioned our need to ask God in prayer. There are certain ways, I think, John, you were talking a little bit about this, but there are certain ways we must ask. Can we look at the end of verse 4 once again? 
how do we need to ask? With a sincere heart, is this really what I want? I really want to know. This is something that you really want to know. You're sincere. You, this is important to you. Good. How else do we have to ask? I love how it talks about real intent. What, it, what does that mean? I, it seems like real intent. I kind of, it's on the tip of my fingertips, but what, what would you say that would mean to ask with real intent? So the word intent, uh, another word, intention, uh, that we find the word intent in the word intention, right? Uh, I have real intentions, or I intend to do something. You'll remember we shared the experience of Joseph Smith in, in, in the Grove of Trees when he prayed. When Joseph prayed, he wasn't praying to know which church was true. He was praying to know which church he should join. What's the difference between the two? One is that he was would take action. Like, should I join it? I don't, I'm just not trying to get a, a, a fact there and a piece of knowledge, but I'm willing to act upon whatever I receive from God. I enter a restaurant with the intent to have a meal. I don't enter the restaurant only to go see what the tables look like, to view the menu. There's a purpose for me entering into the restaurant. I intend to consume a meal. This is asking me to read this with the intent of following through on something. That's right. And in this case, to come to know if the Book of Mormon is true, you'll want to act upon that knowledge. You'll want to repent and be baptized and become a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So this is a, an important assignment, right? And, and, and one other way that we need to ask is we have to ask in faith. That will always be the most important thing we can do is ask in faith and believe that God can answer our prayers. Uh, as we do that, it says in verse 5, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may know the truth of all things. The Holy Ghost can answer us in many different ways. The Holy Ghost can put thoughts into our minds. It can cause us to think about things. The Holy Ghost can cause us to feel that something is good uh, or that something is right or that something is true. Uh, a person might uh, have uh, a, a dream. A person might, as they read, just have an overwhelming feeling that this is right, this is good. They might feel God directing them in some way. And so the Holy Ghost can speak to us differently, individually. And I don't know how the Holy Ghost will let you know, but but he will let you know if you are diligent in your efforts and if you really want to know if this is true, the Holy Ghost will find a way to let you know. And it may be when you're on your knees. It may be while you're reading in the Book of Mormon. It may be while you're driving in your car and you're thinking about, wow, I'm learning all these things from the missionaries and, and thoughts can come, but I, I promise you it will come. And so I, I'd invite you to pay attention and look for God directing you. He's promised that he will.
Will you do that? Will you read the Book of Mormon prayerfully, pondering, thinking? Uh, and will you ask God with the intent to, to do whatever he tells you to do? Yes, I will. I'll do that as well. Wonderful. Well, if the model was bad, <laughs> learn the principle, right? <laughs> I only had you two to work with. so. <laughs> what I really liked about this example is oftentimes missionaries speed through those three verses, and this is how you can know it, and move on. You almost did it as if it were a standalone lesson. Uh, I, I envision what you just modeled as a 20, 30-minute lesson and helping me understand the promise and the invitation and how to get to it, understanding specifically what I'm being asked to do. And, and I think that was more powerful than having this as a three-minute part of lesson three or four uh, that I would give in, in a home. So what I what I think the tendency for a missionary to do is to just look for the the what, what do I need to do? I need to read, I need to ponder, and I need to pray. And if you do those things, you'll you'll come to know. I love how Moroni, when we really analyze the text, he's telling us how to do that, taking time with the words real intent, having faith in Christ. When we when we read the Book of Mormon in that manner. That's what invites the Holy Ghost to witness of truth because there, there are people that read it. They, they may read, ponder, and, pr- and pray, but it, they just do it in such a matter-of-fact way that it doesn't invite the spirit of revelation. I love how you set them up for not only what to do, but how to do it. And you also did what I tried to model in the previous episode of stopping, having me understand what certain words mean, and, and, and having me go through the verses and, and really internalizing it. it and uh, I, I thought it was done just wonderfully. And we remember from a previous episode from Chapter 4, President Nelson, uh, we shared a clip where he talked about growing in Revelation. Our, and those we're teaching have to grow in Revelation and so this is an ongoing process. Um, Elder Bednar encouraged missionaries to find scriptures that speak of with real intent and study those with those you teach so that they can understand what that means. And, and that might be multiple times. He said, ask them what they understand by real intent. And as he was sharing that, Elder President Oaks chimed in. And also look for the phrase with full purpose of heart. Some examples, 2 Nephi 31.13, Moroni, of course, 10.4 here, Jacob 6.5, Moroni 7, 6 and 9, Mosiah 3.4. These would be scriptures you could look up and uh, that talk about real intent and full purpose of heart. Or maybe at uh, one point I'm reading with my, with, with, with my friend and we go to Alma 22.15 to 18 and, and how did King Lamoni's father show real intent and full purpose of heart? or to study Enos's prayer, and in his prayer, look for real intent. How do we see real intent? Um, and then connect these back to Moroni 10, 3 through 5. So it might take multiple times of going in the scriptures with, with people continually, helping them see what does real intent look like to pray with full purpose of heart, 
Lord, to really pray with, with faith in Christ. Uh, I didn't get that the first time. I read Moroni 10, 3 through 5, and, and those we teach probably won't either. This was uh, in a footnote to his April 2020 General Conference talk. So it's not in the talk that he gave in General Conference, but if you go look at the footnotes to the talk, Elder Anderson, uh, Neil L. Anderson shares an experience he had with Dallin H. Oaks when he was mission president 20 years earlier. He said, President Dallin H. Oaks visited our mission in Bordeaux, France in 1991. He explained to our missionaries that real intent means that the person praying is saying to the Lord something like this, I do not ask out of curiosity, but with total sincerity to act on the answer to my prayer. If thou will give me this answer, I will act to change my life. I will respond. I heard you say almost that, that exact same thing. But that's, that's President Oaks speaking to Elder Anderson years earlier. And that's going to take some time for those we're teaching to get there, yeah. I think. They, they need more experiences. And I think the more experiences they have in the Book of Mormon, yeah. they're going to seek with greater intent. And that's why this, what we're talking about is so important. We have to help them to know how to ask, to know how to seek revelation. Remember the words in our purpose statement. We, yes, we invite them to read the Book of Mormon, but it's so important that we help them have the framework for how to go about coming to know it's true. Because uh, is there anything more important that we do as a missionary than what we're talking about here? Helping somebody know how they can know if the Book of Mormon is the Word of God. Because once they know that, everything else will fall into place. This is the essential task of a missionary is to connect the, the person they're teaching, their friends, with heaven, how to receive Revelation, particularly with the Book of Mormon, because this is, everything else falls into place. And it's exactly the same for a young man or a young woman listening yeah, to this episode right, right. on how they can come to know for sure and have that powerful witness when they're sitting in front of someone sharing this scripture. Now, as a young missionary, I served in Latin America, and, and often the prayers were pan en la mesa. We, we pray for our daily bread. And, and, and we're asking people to pray differently, to ask questions. That might be um, different for many people, that, that rather than giving a set prayer or recited prayer that I've given every day, Moroni is inviting us to really ask God and to ask questions. How, how would you help uh, someone you are teaching understand how to do that what would that look like i think just by helping them articulate their questions and helping them ponder by the questions you're asking and then inviting them to ask exactly what they've shared with you to heaven you could also model a prayer you know, you could, without using flowery language and lots of words, you could model what it looks like to, to, to pray with a sincere heart, with faith in Christ. So a missionary could kneel down and say, I, I, I want to pray, uh, and I want you to listen to the words that I say in my prayer. And I could model a very simple prayer. And then we might have a, a companion or a member do the same thing. And I want... As, as, as we pray, you're going to notice that my companion's going to use different words. He's going to say things differently than I said them. Will you look for that? 
and then ultimately, I think we would want to be praying with our investigator on our knees and inviting them to say their own prayer. And as we as we listen and observe, uh, we're going to see maybe some gaps there. They're, they're not connecting with this. They're not understanding this. Uh, we might have to give them some words, things they, they could say uh, that might help them. I do want to highlight for our listeners a place they could take their friends to see the connection between why it's so important to know if the Book of Mormon's true and what comes as a result. If you go to the introduction to the Book of Mormon, I, I frequently like to take the people I'm teaching to the last two paragraphs. And I'm just going to read those words right now and, and see how these could apply. We invite all men everywhere to read the Book of Mormon, to ponder in their hearts the message it contains. You can see we're quoting the language of Moroni here. And then to ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if the book is true. Those who pursue this course and ask in faith will gain a testimony of its truth and divinity by the power of the Holy Ghost. So that's what we just talked about. What comes as a result of that comes next. Those who gain this divine witness from the Holy Spirit will also come to know by the same power that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. That's what you were talking about in our last episode, John that Joseph Smith is his revelator and prophet in these last days, and that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the Lord's kingdom once again established on the earth, preparatory to the second coming of the Messiah. So the Book of Mormon just creates this, this steamroll effect. I listened to you, Sean, read that, and, and as I've listened to our discussion today in the previous episode, I... I uh, get back to page 116 and the little insert from Elder Worthlin that, that I would just implore every listener to read and take to heart. Elder Worthlin says, please do not take the Book of Mormon for granted. Pray for a vision of how the Book of Mormon can be used more effectively in your mission. I promise that as you do so, your mind will be enlightened with the direction that you should take. Perhaps it might be appropriate to listen to what President Ballard shared about his experience with ministers of other faiths on how they would come to know that the Book of Mormon is the Word of God. I remember an experience that I had as mission president some years ago when I presided over the affairs of the church in eastern Canada. I'd met with about 30 different ministers of different religions. And then I let them ask me questions. And the very first question I was asked was by a fine minister who said, Mr. Ballard, if you'd just give us the gold plates and let us see that they exist, then we would know that the Book of Mormon is true. And I looked at him and I said, Father, you know better than that. You're a man of the cloth. You know that God has never revealed religious truth to the heart and soul of a man or a woman except by the power of the Spirit. Now, you could have those plates. You could turn the pages. You could look at it. You could hold it. And you wouldn't know any more after that experience whether or not the book is true than you would have before. My question to you, have you ever read the Book of Mormon? And he said, no, I haven't. That's how people will come to know whether or not the Book of Mormon is true. 
You will not get to know it by trying to prove it archaeologically or by DNA or by anything else, in my judgment. Just pick it up and read it and pray about it. And you will come to know religious truth is always confirmed by what you feel. And that's why Heavenly Father answers prayers. President Ballard explains it simply. We must read the Book of Mormon for ourselves. And as missionaries, it is imperative to help those we are teaching have the same experience. There's an example, Brian, that you shared, uh, that you've told us about with Clayton Christensen. And it just underscores the importance of what happens when we gain our own witness that the Book of Mormon is true. We know what an influential missionary and leader he was. Um, he, he actually was the dean of the Harvard Business School, great thinker, author. And this is his experience with coming to know if the Book of Mormon is true. The second decision for which I'm grateful is the decision I made to learn if the Book of Mormon is true. President Bednar mentioned that when I finished at BYU, I, I received a scholarship to go to Oxford University in England. And when I arrived at Oxford, it was very clear that it was going to be inconvenient to be a Mormon in Oxford. The Rhodes Scholarship Trust that had given me my scholarship had a lot of activities for the recipients of the scholarship. And if I was going to be active in the church, it would be difficult for me to, to participate in those activities. And I realized, as I thought through the extent to which I wanted to be involved in the church, that, you know, I didn't even know if the Book of Mormon was true. I had read the Book of Mormon to that point seven times in my life. And in each of the seven times, I had gotten to the end of the book and had knelt in prayer and asked God to tell me if it was true, and I had gotten no answer. And I realized, as I thought through why I hadn't gotten an answer, that each of the previous seven times I had read it on an assignment, either from my parents or a, a, a BYU instructor or my mission president or a seminary teacher, and my objective was to finish the book. But this time, I just desperately needed to know for myself if the Book of Mormon was true. To that point in my life, I had sustained myself on a belief in many of the doctrines of the Church and in the trust of my parents because I knew they knew it was true, and I trusted my parents. But finally, when I arrived at Oxford for the first time in my life, I just desperately needed to know if it was true. Some of you who have seen pictures of Oxford may know that it's the world's oldest university. The building that I live in was built in 1410. Um, beautiful to look at, horrible to live in. <laughs> and it just had a little heater that they had dug out of the stone wall and inserted there. And I decided that I would commit every evening from 11 to 12 o'clock to reading the Book of Mormon to find out if it was true. And I wondered if I, if I dared spend that much time, because I was in a very demanding academic program studying applied econometrics. And I was going to try to finish the program in two years, whereas most of the people in the program finished it in three. And I just didn't know if I could afford allocating an hour a day to this effort. But nonetheless, I did. 
And I began at 11 o'clock by kneeling in prayer by the chair, by that heater. And I prayed out loud. And I told God how desperate I was to find out if this was a true book. And I told him that if he would reveal to me that it was true, that I then intended to dedicate my life to building this kingdom. And I told him if it wasn't true, I needed to know that for certain too, because then I would dedicate my life to finding out what was true. And then I would sit in the chair, and I read the first page of the Book of Mormon, and when I got down to the bottom of the page, I stopped. And I thought about what I had read on that page, and I asked myself, could this have been written by a charlatan who was trying to deceive people? Or was this really written by a prophet of God? And what did it mean for me in my life? And then I put the book down and knelt in prayer and verbally asked God again, please tell me if this is a true book. And then I would sit in the chair and pick up the book and turn the page and read another page and pause at the bottom and do the same thing. And I did this for an hour every night, night after night, in that cold, damp room at the Queen's College, Oxford. And by the time I got to the chapters at the end of Second Nephi, one evening when I said my prayer and sat in the chair and opened the book, of a sudden there came into that room a beautiful, warm, loving spirit that just surrounded me and permeated my soul and enveloped me in a feeling of love that I just had not imagined I could feel. And I began to cry, and I didn't want to stop crying because as I looked through my tears at the words in the Book of Mormon, I could see truth in those words that I never imagined I could comprehend before. And I could see the glories of eternity, and I could see what God had in store for me as one of his sons. And I didn't want to stop crying. That spirit stayed with me the whole hour. And then every evening, as I prayed and sat with the Book of Mormon by the fireplace in my room, that same spirit returned. And it changed my heart and my life forever. I look back upon the conflict that I experienced, wondering whether I could afford to spend an hour every day apart from the study of applied econometrics to find if the Book of Mormon was true. And you know, I use applied econometrics maybe once a year, but I use my knowledge that the Book of Mormon is the Word of God many times every day of my life. In all of the education I have pursued, that is the single most useful piece of knowledge that I ever gained. I love to return to Oxford. Most of the people there are either students or they're, they're tourists who have come to look at a beautiful university. But I love to return there because it's a sacred place. And I can look at the windows of that room where I lived. And I think that that's the place that I learned that Jesus is the Christ, that he is my living redeemer, and that Joseph Smith is the prophet of the restoration of the true church. And I, I just wanted to tell this to you because some of you probably came here to Rexburg already having 
learned for yourself that this is God's church. But for those of you who may still be living on the testimony of others, I invite you to set aside an hour every day and find out for yourself if this is true. Because it will change your heart as it has changed mine. And someday you'll be able to come back here to Rexburg. And whereas other people are here for many different reasons, you'll be able to go to the place where you lived at the time that God revealed this to you and point at it to your children and your spouse and say, that's a sacred place because that's where I learned that Jesus is the Christ. I think Brother Christensen has given a wonderful invitation. And that's the invitation we'd like to give to, to all of you listeners and even to ourselves to, to spend the appropriate amount of time in the Book of Mormon in your reading and then to pray with real intent, having faith in Christ, to either, have, to either gain a witness of the Book of Mormon or to have your testimony deepened and your love for that book deepened so that you'll be able to then take the people that you, you teach through that same process. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast and that it helps you in your study of Preach My Gospel and preparing you for your mission. Please join us for our next episode. And if you feel this podcast might be helpful to others preparing to serve a mission, please invite them to join us on our journey through and discovery of Preach My Gospel. For more information on how to get institute credit for this podcast and other offerings by the Utah Valley Institute of Religion, please visit utahvalleyinstitute.com. You may also find us on Instagram at Preach My Gospel Podcast. Feel free to send questions or comments to preachmygospelpodcast at gmail.com. The Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast is produced with the permission of the Utah Valley Institute of Religion. The hosts are expressing their personal views based on their own experiences, applying the principles of Preach My Gospel, and accept full responsibility for the content in these podcast episodes.